So welcome to a very, very hot July, and I'm sitting here enjoying a beer at my dining room table where I always record, slash my studio, the Unstoppable Studio, and went on a 26-minute rant trying to uh, do my first ever video feed podcast, and uh, so went on my full 26, I made sure that I connected the... Uh, microphone to the camera and blah 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 and so I go on the whole rant for 26 minutes and click process and then go back to review and listen and there is no audio at all so uh, haha jokes on me big dummy and this is why I don't really like to mess with video all that much because it's just an extra layer. Like I gotta sit here and worry about the whole time how stupid my face looks and do I have a booger in my nose? Uh, do I have something between my teeth? You know, um, all these sort of narcissistic tendencies to distract me from what it is that I'm really thinking or saying. It's not to hide in anonymity and lurk in the shadows where no one can hold me accountable for the sins of what I say when I speak wrongly. And I commit a thought crime out loud here in the uh, internet universe, but rather that I don't want it to be about me. Like, who cares who I am as much as what is said is true? If it's true, then it doesn't matter who said it, right? So I had a knock on the door there, a little quick interruption, but that's okay. Sometimes I need to stretch my legs, considering that I'm going on like minute, uh, 30-something now after my uh, review of the last failed attempt at a podcast. Um, but yeah, back to that, right? It doesn't really matter who said it if it's true, right? The truth should be the truth no matter whose mouth it came out of or what they look like. And trust me, you guys aren't missing much by not seeing my face. I am not Tom fucking Cruise or Brad Pitt. You, uh, I've done you all a great service. Um, so recently I watched the uh, Artificial Intelligence podcast, the uh, Lex Friedman one, and he had Jim Gates on there. Uh, and one of the things that just blew my mind that he said was he didn't think that artificial intelligence would ever be able to solve as many problems as humans did. I think this is how he phrased it, basically because machines lack the capacity to dream. And, you know, that blew my mind. Like, I never even thought about that sort of profound difference in you know, the way that the human mind works, the way a machine works. Like a machine doesn't sleep, so how, how could it ever have the capacity to dream? Um, now even if we made real human level, you know, AGI, w would it have any sort of sub-processes working that might be similar in some way to the weird shit that happens when we close our eyes and play dead for a few hours every night? I mean, like, sleep is weird. You, you know, you, you have these little slivers of death invading your life, which you lay there and, and go into these involuntary uh, seizures where your eyeballs are twitching like mad under your eyelids and, like, you're trying not to move. You're in this weird fucking paralysis and... Meanwhile, you're having these vivid hallucinations of all kinds of weird, random shit that appear to you throughout your day, or maybe there's things that you fear, or things that you crave, or things you desire, or things that you dread, and 
then there's other ones that are just so cryptic and make zero sense whatsoever. They just exist in a realm of complete abstract physics and reality that seem well sur surreal, right? Like, what is a machine ever going to do to generate something like that? I, maybe, maybe this is just my lack of uh, knowledge in the field of artificial intelligence um, because I don't know anything. I don't work in artificial intelligence. I'm not a computer guy at all whatsoever, as you might have deduced from my inability to work a fucking video microphone to do a podcast again a few minutes ago. Uh, but anyhow, all that said is, you know, this Jim Gates guy, he's pretty damn smart. And he's pretty convinced that these machines will never be able to dream. But then I saw some other things, or previously in the past I've seen some other things where they were trying to use artificial intelligence to solve problems or to create different flavors. And they came up with some really bizarre kind of combinations of movements for uh, how to create locomotion for different uh, simulations of humans and so on and so forth to solve simple problems and then you know they used another one to create uh, flavors it was a TED talk it was a TED talk about this and they were coming up with flavors like pepperoni dog fart and stuff like that things that I would never even also have thought to combine you know like uh, cat litter dryer lint you know butter ice cream I, I don't, how the hell do they come up with this stuff like where does this come from I don't know. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just not that creative of an individual. What I do really well, I believe I do really well, is that I can see somebody do something and then I can repeat this pretty well. That's a, when it comes to doing some sort of technical task, uh, especially mechanical things and things like that. I, I tend to have a, a pretty decent ability to do that, and that tends to be the extent of my innate uh, talents, my gifts, and. Yeah, that's not saying much because like we got people out there that are born able to slam dunk. Well, maybe not born, but you know what I'm saying. Like they're they're really tall, really athletic, super guys like Michael Phelps, just built like a fucking human seal. Even though he's super lean, like his arms are longer than normal. I don't know, he's a genetic freak of his own. And, and then uh, was it Lance Armstrong was really really good at uh, processing lactic acid out of his system so he didn't have the muscle burn as intense as other people do. I think Jeff Munson was another guy who was a fighter and he had just superior recoverability to typical athletes after really hard workouts. Um, he never became a, a world champ for that, but you know, to say that that guy wasn't just a beast of a human was, I'm sure he's still around, but it was just an absolute beast of a man and just incredibly physically capable. Like, you know, these tier one athletes, they, uh, they make us mere mortals look really frail and fragile. And then you think about that and you realize, like, you know, a caveman would have beat their ass. I, I, I'm sure, like, just completely just smack the ever-loving shit out of most of your common martial arts because, like, they just live, they live like animals, right? And, like, you look at animals. Animals don't train. I guess maybe you could think like cats do when they play, right? They play like they fight. They fight like they hunt. And that's their training, but there's no formal methodology to it. I mean, what if you took a chimpanzee and taught it jujitsu? Like, how fucking horrifying would that be? I wonder if you could even do it. I mean, I suppose you could. I mean, like, why would you want to? Well, for the lulls, of course, right? I would like, I would love to see some chimpanzees doing jujitsu. That would be wild. Or, or maybe teaching like some capoeira. 
you know, because they've already got hands like feet, and they're balanced, you know, to walk on their hands and kick with their legs, and they're super strong. Like, that would be a hell of a thing to see, um, you know. But, right, none, none of these animals have formal training methods, whereas we humans, we refine everything, and we uh, put it into categories, we streamline it, we can it, right? We, we boil it down, throw it in a blender, squeeze it into a dropper, we make sure that it's all administered in very precise quantitative doses that are repeatable, measurable, definable, and we call that success. And it largely works, right? I mean, like, we rule the fucking earth, we're, we're obviously doing something right, so on the other side, though, compared to animals that just spend all day resting their living from the natural environment, we are very frail and inadequate creatures. Uh, we have to rely on our brains, which, again, we rule the damn world, and we started out as one of those creatures, but we are steadily shifting from being one of those creatures to being this weird lug in a meat vehicle, a frail, sloppy meat vehicle full of genetic defects, heart disease, and, uh, you know, hypertension. And this is one of the things, speaking of all these medical conditions, right, uh, with the COVID explosion that's going on right now, and I think this is one of the things that I really wanted to talk the most about, and I actually forgot to in the last uh, copy that I was just trying to do, was a threat matrix. Like, there's so much documented evidence that comorbidity is the absolute number one indicator if you will have complications with COVID. Now, it's not an absolute Right? It's not saying that if you have diabetes, you will have complications. You will end up in ICU XXX and Y will happen to you if you have these. But what bothers me about this is that there is zero literature out there right now, and hopefully somebody's compiling this, as to say, what are the probabilities that of hospitalization with each of these comorbidities? Right, I think the comorbidities uh, that I read uh, were diabetes, hypertension, heart disorder, um, and then you know uh, things like COPD, obviously other respiratory illnesses and, and cancer, right? Because people on chemo have a very difficult time already because the chemo is such a toxic thing that they put into people. Plus, they're already dying of fucking cancer. I mean, the last thing they need is COVID, and this disease attacks immune cells and and people already have compromised immune systems, so that just you know makes things worse. It's the whole snowball effect, right? But what what annoys me about this, or or distresses me about this lack of a threat matrix? Like by now, you would think that we would know, with all the deaths out there, somebody could have went and categorized, you know, the largest number of deaths were in this age group, and within this age group, the largest number of deaths had these comorbidities, this comorbidity being the largest section, this one being the next, this one being the next, and those that had these combinations were in another group of higher elevated risk. And, and maybe this is like way too much uh, information for the casual 
person to interpret. Maybe doctors have this. Maybe this is true, right? Maybe this is something that uh, physicians have access to. Because I'm sure somebody has to, had the thought of this other than my dumbass just sitting here at this kitchen table ranting to a blank screen. I'm sure it's there, but I just wish that you know there was a little bit more open information for the rest of us. There's some great websites that do the tracking and give you great uh, trends and it it looked like uh, for a while that the death rates were going down as the cases went up but it seems like they're just staying the same there's just more deaths and more cases so it seems like they've reached a parallel there that's pretty clear um, and at least per country anyway right and that's really weird too like why the different countries have such extremely different ones particularly the first world countries okay everybody criticizes the US for our complete botched mishandling of the entire thing but you know the UK the UK is just getting literally fucked they're like a 15% mortality rate over there it's insane Everybody was talking about Spain, and Spain and Italy were just completely getting screwed over by this, too. I mean, they were hit really hard. and But then the UK just completely smoked them. And Belgium is another place. Belgium is just getting murdered outright by this thing. And then places like Denmark aren't doing very good either. Like, double the fatality rate of the U.S. Oh, forgive me, it's Saturday. I'm ranting and having a beer. So, um, yeah, this, this is a really weird thing, and I wish that there was more of this uh, detailed information available so that the regular person could say, okay, I have these number of risks, and this puts me at quite a bit more. But I know they don't want to put that out there because I guess some people will have an elevated sense of um, immunity right they'll have a false sense of security and say oh well I don't check all these boxes ergo I'm not at any risk and I don't have to comply with any safety measures I fear that that is a very true statement for many people because there's already plenty of people already who have these and check these boxes and they still don't care and they'll still do it I've, I've met plenty myself and Hey, to each their own. Like I, I'm very uh, libertarian in that regard. That you know, I allow everybody to enough rope to hang themselves. Enjoy, you know, jump off your cliff. I don't care. You know, it's your body, your choice. And yeah, I get it. It's contagious, and you put other people at risk by not doing it. But it seems also pretty clear by now that the way that you get this is by getting big spit droplets from other people in your face. So carrying a mask, wearing a mask, ought to protect you from that because it doesn't seem to be as airborne as what they thought it was. Uh, apparently, in order to catch it from the airborne way, and don't don't take this from me because I'm not a fucking doctor, but this seems to be what's reported. I think Washington Post uh, released an article talking about this, that being in prolonged contact, more than 15 minutes, uh, with somebody who was COVID positive in a small space, uh, climate controlled space, particularly indoors, air control, uh, air conditioned, was a likely way to con 
contact it or to contract it was by being in this exact atmosphere. A very specific atmosphere would make it uh, airborne, right? You have to have the right patient because I, I, not everybody has the same symptoms either. Like somebody who um, is coughing a lot is obviously going to fill the air with a lot more uh, viral matter. And then somebody who just has uh, a sniffle is probably not filling the air as much, right? Because it only, it, to me, it makes sense that if you just have sniffles from it, it's probably primarily in your sinuses. And if you're coughing a lot, it's moved to your lungs. So if you're coughing, it's in your lungs, you're spraying more infectious mass or, or spit into the air, and it's more uh, atomized, right? The smaller particles can flow in the air longer. And even though each uh, droplet has less viral particles on it. There's just so many more of them, and that balances out to getting the one big spit drop right up the uh, wazoo, or face for this matter, or in your eye, right? Or mouth or nose. So that to me, that makes sense. Like I, I can, I can, uh, I can reconcile those in my head as being very similar and very practical ways to deal with this. And that seems more than adequate so and I've gone back and forth on, on this mask thing but that's because there's so much conflicting information out there about it um, so I think something to look at there would be what type of mask to wear and for who and when and what circumstance now I guess you know obviously the N95 would be the best one to wear in all circumstances for both parties but those things are very uncomfortable. And comfort's very important to the modern man. And this is why we all have air conditioning and don't live in caves. I mean, there, there's a, there's some practicality in striving for comfort, right? Like when you're comfortable, you can do better work. Simple as that. The, the more comfortable you are, the more you can focus on the task at hand, and the more you pay attention to what needs to be done rather than how uncomfortable you are doing something. And that's that's practical, right? So uh, people who, who complain about others taking their mask off when they're doing work, I, I understand, you know, if you work in an air-conditioned setting, then, you know, you're, you're probably pretty good to wear a mask the whole time that you're in contact with other people. And it's a little silly to want to complain about it. Depending on your personal health and situation, um, it seems to be a very, very practical, simple thing that can be done to reduce your risk. Now, for people, you know, like you get these guys who are like roofers and shit like that out there. Like, I couldn't imagine these dudes trying to wear a mask. Like, try and take a jog with a mask on in the heat. Like, they, you start breathing heavy and like it soaks with your respiratory particles and then it just becomes a wet blanket and every time you inhale it sucks flat to your face and you've got no air whatsoever now instead of jogging imagine you're some guy who's like a mechanic and works in a machine shop or not a machine shop but works like on cars you know he's in there in the garage you know working on cars or maybe he works in like one of these big industrial places you know like some uh, facility right like let's say it's like a refinery or a nuclear reactor, whatever. It's some place that's not AC and requires a lot of heavy pulling on wrenches and other tools. And you got this guy out there with hard hat glasses and you know long sleeve shirts, and he's got this uh, paper mask over his face that's soaked. And just every time he breathes in, because he's panting from working so hard, it sucks flat to his face. That dude's not gonna wear that thing. He's gonna take that shit off because he can't breathe through it. And then it fogs his glasses. He can't see. 
Yeah, but I don't think those are the guys getting sick though either. I think the guys getting sick are the ones who who do work in the offices and do work, you know, uh, in these closed air conditioned spaces most of the time. That seems to be the ones that do the most. Now that said, like, um, you know, I, I work with people in these mechanical fields, right? That's uh, I'm. There's a lot of the people that I work with, and I know two of them that actually got it, but none of them got it at work. They got it after hours, indoors, in social settings. So there, there's something very uh, particular about the way that this thing uh, survives and spreads. And I think I mentioned this before, is that you know it survives the longest on stainless steel and non-porous plastic surfaces. Yeah, yeah that, that's just weird. Then, in other news, there was uh, the whole Oklahoma thing that just went down, and the Supreme Court gave away half of Oklahoma and made it a, uh, a Native American reservation. And, well, that, that's great for the Native Americans, but what happens, what does that mean for the people that live in that half of uh, Oklahoma that aren't Native Americans? Uh, they, they obviously, they can't move, like, right? They can't be like, oh, you have to move, like, that shit would not fly. Like, you would have civil war. I'm sure that's not what's going to happen. But does that just mean that there's two different sets of laws now? Like, you know, you have uh, native law and uh, the white man law, not native law, right? I, that, that, I, I don't even know how to, how to process how that's supposed to work. Um, but, hey, you know, that, that's how... Uh, that's how laws are. Like this is going to be very interesting to see how the whole legal uh, mumbo jumbo plays out. I have not read any of the legal text of this, and I, I probably will. But every time I try to read legal text, um, it's very strenuous, you know, because it's so cryptic and you has so much specific wording for what I assume are always very good reasons because. There's so many other cases where they've tried these things before and they have a history of why they word things the way they do. Like, nothing is in legal text by accident, unless they overlook something. Accidents happen and everything, but to say that it's ever casual or colloquial is, I don't believe that to be right. If it's vague, it's intentionally vague for a reason. If it's specific, obviously they knew what they were doing when they said it. So... I, I often don't get into that. The only ones that I really try to specialize in, excuse me, got sneeze coming. <laughs> uh, sometimes you just gotta let it rip. I love the big blue spike on the uh, sound bar here when I rip a sneeze like that. Um, yeah, so the only ones that I ever really tend to read and engage in are actually firearm laws because I really enjoy firearms and I used to work uh, as a gunsmith. So, knowing the laws on that uh, was kind of important, right? But, so I did get at least some practice reading and interpreting those things, even though I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but there's enough uh, lawyers online and gun forms willing to kind of explain these things out, unlike so many other areas of interest for people, which is one of the really cool things about the firearms community is that when we're not fighting each other over, you know, 1911s or Glocks and two world wars or Tupperware guns, uh, 
pretty willing to share technical information and even legal information with from professionals, right? From professional uh, lawyers. There's a lot of that out there, especially on the forums, and not so much on Facebook, because Facebook's always just a shit show hodgepodge of know-it-alls that don't know dick. And I've been one of those from time to time myself, but there's a lot out there for that, uh, if that's kind of the thing that you're into. So it's, to me, it was really interesting that that's one of the uh, areas of interest where there's so much good information. Well, I think that's uh, covered most of the flow for today. Everything I wanted to reach out and just mention, because today was just a ad-lib the whole damn thing, just wanted to rant and go for it. Usually I write a bunch of notes and uh, rock and roll with it, and today I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Been busy, been busy as hell all week, doing a lot of really uh, technical stuff for my, my work, a lot of hard work there. It had to take place and get done. Big stressful time for me, but should be all past that. And uh, so I didn't get much time to prepare for this, but I didn't want to short anything. And uh, man, I hope you all have a good weekend. Enjoy it. Try to stay cool because it is hot as a motherfucker out there. This has been the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Unstoppa. And enjoy your weekend.